one does not speak unless one knows. And we have finally found out who saved Grogu, but we have no idea about fucking movies anymore. We'll talk about all of that in Bad Batch after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I am your rogue leader, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I'm joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, the only one here this week, King of the Hoth, the Kleinfeldt. The Reckless Rebellion hosts may change, but one thing stays the same, and that is me. I am here. It just seems to me just be me slotting in with someone else every week. I'm just getting the carousel. Last week, it was me and Jack-Jack. This week, it's you. Next week, maybe it'll be just me and David. I don't know what we would do if it was just David and I. We would probably just whine and complain about movies, which is what we're going to do today. But we would whine and complain, I think, a little even more. Actually, I wish... I wish David was here uh, because, um, I because, see a yeah, 60 minute rant. This is, his, this is his week. Like this is for better or for worse. This is his week. This is everything he's been working for. Uh, the, the state of star Wars movies has, is, it's falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the nicest way to put it. And I'm sure uh, we're going to have a lot more metaphors later on. Uh, on today's show, we are covering the latest, horror of the rebel report uh we'll touch upon the bad batch and we're gonna dive so deep into the waters of mandalore and mando that maybe we'll be on a different planet i don't know but before all of that let's check in with the smartest execute 50 percent of this podcast the kleinfeld buddy how you doing man look at that striped shirt oh thank you yeah i'm uh it's the other day a couple of weeks ago i i said to my beautiful fiance Gabrielle, I said, I think I would look good in like a rugby shirt. And she was like, Yeah, I think you would. And then we went out to a thrift store and this was four dollars. And oh I gosh. was like, Well, it was meant to be. And yeah, so I'm wearing it's kind of Lakers colors too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. The purple and gold on it. But yeah, I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. It's gonna be a weird next couple of days for me. Hmm. Um, the fiance is hopping on a plane, going to see our little niece today and then is not coming back we're recording this i guess i guess like 36 hours before post or whatever um and then there she's coming back in like five days from now and that's like the longest amount of time that like we've been apart since we moved in together well i guess since we did long distance for three years but since we moved in together like two and a half years ago so oh wow i'm like what do i do with all this time i have usually in the house it's a plant-based household usually not this weekend baby i'm ordering (laughs) barbecue tomorrow night i can't wait i've got steak ready for tonight i got chicken wings in the freezer it's gonna be a weekend to end all weekends and most people would be like oh my gosh like the second half is leaving i'm gonna go out and do this and this and this and it's like no 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 i'm not leaving the house i am ordering food here 
I am making food here. I'm staying inside. Actually, that's a lie. I am going to see John Wick 4. Other than that, though, I will be locked in here at my computer, probably making dumb Photoshop graphics. If you haven't seen them over on Reckless Rebels, uh, please go follow the Twitter account because I've been putting some work into spicing up our social content a little bit. But yeah, I'm just going to be hanging out. I think this weekend, you're a child of the 90s. Does the name Diablo mean anything to you? I did not play it, but I know about it. Okay. Well, this weekend is the uh, Diablo 4 beta, so I might get into that. Might play some of that. I'm just going to hang out. I think tonight I'm going to watch John Wick 3 in preparation for tomorrow. Yeah, It's going to be it's going to be a, I don't know, an interesting next couple of days, I guess. That is exciting, man. So she comes back, sounds like, on Late Tuesday? Monday. Yeah, I think late Monday night. So... Okay. I'm just going to be here hanging out. Yes. The thing is, is I don't really have like work weeks anymore. I just kind of work all the time. I just don't <laughs> stop. So it's not like going to be any different for me uh, that she's going away on the weekend. I will probably still end up working. Um, yeah, it's it's the dream. Living got it, some, man. Got some bubbly in the fridge. And by bubbly, I don't mean champagne. I mean like carbonated water. The Michael <laughs> yeah. Buble. Exactly. Yeah, I got some watermelon <laughs> bubbly. We're going to get crazy. <laughs> We're going to get so hyped up on them bubble waters. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, you should check in that kombucha. No, oh, no, I can't. No, no, I can't. I can't do kombucha. No, thank you. I don't know what it is. I'm not a big fan of the like fermented taste of it. I also have this weird before I even tried it. I lived with someone in college who made it in our kitchen. Oh, yeah. we, like it. You'd come upstairs. I lived in this dorm where it was like six. It was like two floor dorm and it shared a kitchen kind of on the middle floor. So it was like kind of split level. It was like you walked in on the kitchen, you walked downstairs and there were six dorms for boys. And then upstairs there were six dorms for girls. And one of the girls had this kombucha i guess in like a like a tupperware or like container on the counter and it's an organism like it it lives it's this bacteria and it oh it was awful it reeked the whole house smelled it was awful i did not like it and then i've tried kombucha since and i just keep thinking about that ugly just thing sitting out on the table and i can't do it i'm not not a kombucha fan okay that's fair um, I, okay. I had one last you, night. You, Thomas, like you are a kombucha fan. I know you are. You get you get your yerba mate on and all that. Yeah, I get my yerba mates on all the time with a latte on the side because why not? It rhyme. Uh, I actually had kombucha. The first kombucha that I've liked last night. Oh, good for you. Yeah, it was a raspberry kombucha uh, at my favorite location tap room here in. Saint oh, Andrews, they do. They Florida. had it on tap. Of course they did. I, yeah, I, buddy. I've seen more and more places doing that. And it's like that's, well, you're taking away one of those taps that could have been used for glorious beer or some other delicious beverage. And you're 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 wasting it with kombucha. Well, here it's OK because there's like 30 or 40 taps. So still. That's one less. <laughs> You're that's, like still. That's still uh, one less. It's it's great for yoga because I'm not drinking right now. Actually, uh, we'll neither am I. For two, this weeks, is a sober podcast. It is. Look at us. We've we've never been more sober. Oh man, can't wait for the drunkening. Whenever that happens, that's gonna oh, be the opposite of <laughs> yeah. the opposite of sober. 
Um, yeah, life is crazy. I'm back this week. Holy crap. Can we talk about how Mandor Lorian was just epic last week? We got the rise of the resistance. Theme. Oh, yeah. I guess you didn't really I like quick it. thoughts before we jump into yeah. like what we were talking about this week. What do you think? Bad Batch very quick and then Mando very quick from last week. We missed what you, what you thought. Last week was Pabu, right? Last week batch? was Pabu. Yeah, we went okay. surfing with the Bad Batch. I felt like Pabu was the uh, the was day it everything you had hoped darkest for? night. Honestly, <laughs> it turned into like I'm watching it and I'm like, am I crazy or is this just gonna fall apart at the end? Like the whole way, and then it ends on a happy note, and I'm like, Klein yeah. and Klein and Jack both said it's gonna be this fun romp. It's gonna be great, and we're gonna hate it. And then I listened, and I'm like, they didn't hate it. And I was, was watching it. Fine. I was watching it going, huh? That's a, I'm surprised. Like this worked out better. And I, I'm super sad that it's not going to last because somebody's dying soon. I can feel it in my bones. Um, hopefully Sid doesn't fucking turn on them next week. And then Pabu gets hurt because I like Pabu. Pabu's a great name. But um, for the convert, I loved everything on Coruscant, dude. I love Katie O'Brien. She's Jack. She's gorgeous. She's more badass than... She's got biceps, us. man. She oh, my God. Guns, I saw a photo bro. the other day of her wearing a yeah. a sleeveless suit top, like a sleeveless... Yeah. Come on! Like tuxedo. That's and yeah, my was, language. Yeah, she had. She has some... She's got some guns. Klein, keep this in mind. Uh, sleeveless tuxedos are my love language, so... Oh, really? Yeah. I'm when, a big fan of the short suit. Oh, dude, Florida man needs to do that. If I ever get married, I'm wearing a short suit. Uh, I say that, but also very much love dressing to the nines and making everybody look bad. Yeah, so probably yeah. not. But yeah, Convert. You like it? It was good? Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Love the Bo-Katan setups. Um, uh, the armorer really seems to know Bo-Katan more than just name. Now it makes sense. Like every time she talks to her, well, until this week, spoiler alert, it's just got a little bit of contempt in there. But like it seemed more personal when they're on screen together because she still does it. Um, but fantastic. And just remember, everyone, join the dark side. They've got cookies. They do. They do. They, they actually do. And actually, I didn't put it in the news this week, but <gasps> yeah, did you see that. the recipe? They I put did. the recipe up online. You can make those travel biscuits or ration oh, biscuits or whatever they're called. I cannot wait to make I don't think they, they don't look very good. They look, I don't know, very did you dry. See what, did you see what Pershing said? Like he he tweet, he retweeted that tweet and then was like, uh, by the way, they're like, you don't have to eat these on this take. Like we've already got that. He's like, no, dude, they're delicious. I'm eating them. They're free. <laughs> I love so it. like I'm excited. I'm excited. And the best part about making them at home, Klein, you can do whatever the fuck you want to them. You can make them better. You can add Chocolate brown chips. sugar. Blueberries? Blueberries. There you <sighs> go. I I hurt myself. I thought about blueberry raspberries. Okay, we're gonna get off that topic. Um it's just us today, man. Uh shout out Jack Jack. Jack Jack, if I'm not mistaken, is currently doing research on the movie situation as we speak he's deep in the podcast 
of which the name I do not recall. No, he isn't actually not anymore. No? That 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 aired earlier, so that's oh. all done now. It was at noon. They the yeah the hot mic podcast I think was what oh. Jack was worried about because it always seems when we're recording us. they drop scoops. Yeah, he said he had something to do. I forget what. Oh, a, oh. he is watching hockey. Is what he's doing. He that's is right. celebrating his birthday, which I'm really worried about. Is today? It is it? I don't think it's today. I do okay, not. good. Otherwise, I would be a bad friend. Uh, <laughs> we should figure that out. Wait, what is he? Thirteen? Um, <laughs> well, you know, carry the one seventeen. Yeah, who knows? He's a he's a child. He is a little baby. Jack, Jack. But we have reached the tipping point of this podcast, and we need to dive right on into the bad batch. So, Klein. Well, 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 here we are. We are the, well, I guess the penultimate Bad Batch week. We've done it 13, I think, weeks so far of this series. That would make sense because we had two in one week and, or no, we had two, two weeks. So this is the 12th week then. Episode 14, season two, the tipping point. Mm. Very quickly, we'll run through what happened. A quick recap in case you didn't watch, because I know some people are not on the Bad Batch train. And to that, I say, you're probably fine not being on the Bad Batch train. Um, we open here with Echo and his band of clones, who he is off away from the Batch right now, boarding an Imperial ship. Uh, the ship is discovered to be transporting some other clone prisoners with no real idea of where they're going. Uh, Echo and the squad, they free these prisoners, let them be, take over the ship, steal some data, and watch an Imperial officer bite down on this electroshock chip that freaks me out every time it happens in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they jet off into hyperspace. We then jump to Crosshair, who we see is in prison still. We got, I guess it was that last little tease a couple episodes, a couple episodes ago. In what's this mountain called? Mount Mount Tantis, I, I think. Mount Tantis, um, which is where he is being imprisoned, and he's being given an ultimatum there by Doctor Royce Hemlock. Basically, he's saying, "Help the Empire find his former squad and in turn Omega, because they want Omega, and he will fr- he will free um, Crosshairs." Then Crosshair tries to make an escape gets off a transmission to the Bad Batch, gets toxin pushed through him somehow, some way through the vents, and he is knocked out. After a brief chat with, um, or we cut over, back to the Echo Squad, I guess. Guess who's there, Thomas? Our favorite senator, is Senator Chuchi. No, it is hey! Senator Chuchi. And she's there talking to them. She says... We need to get. We need to figure out how to get this data decrypted. Echo goes. I know a guy, and Echo and his squad they jet off. He goes to the Bad Batch, who are still on Pabu. Yes, we go back to Pabu. The Batch they end up decrypting this data, revealing that Doctor Royce Hemlock is the man behind these clones being taken off to prison, and finding Crosshair's distress signal, which he says, "Execute Plan Eighty Eight. Execute Plan Eighty Eight. And then that's kind of it for the episode. We go very quickly back to Crosshair as he's kind of getting one final round of torture done. Um, They're trying to break him. He's not going to break. And then it ends. So we're ultimately setting up the Bad Batch potentially going to Mount Tantis. They don't Mm -hmm. know if this distress call is a trap or not. It's very interesting. I want to know, Thomas, episode 14, tipping point. What did you think? What were your overall thoughts? 
I liked it. Um, once we started with how we started, I was like, ah, we're Clone Warsing it again. I can already tell the way this episode started. This is a Clone Wars episode. Uh, last week was a Bad Batch. This week was a Clone Wars, and I loved it. Um, saving, I, I've, we've always wanted to see them save clones, so I, you know, check that off the bucket list for sure. I'm very happy about it. Uh, and then we go into a like. Crosshair knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. Like he was fine. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. You need Omega. Oh no, I can't let you have the girl. Um, and what I do love is that he stuns. I don't remember if he shot the other troopers that were with her, the doctor lady, uh, when they came in, but I know he switches the gun to stun and stuns. Oh, I can't remember the doctor chick's name, but she later on uh, looks like she's very unwell with him being tortured this time. Like she, there's a reaction, like it lingers on her. That's what I remember the episode. Yeah, she's going to be key like, to all of this, I think. Yeah. Like the way that she looked at him at the very end, it is very much a look of hmm, maybe what we're doing isn't 100% awesome. Are we the bad guys? Like that's the <laughs> exactly. look on her face. Um, I loved it, man. What did you think about it? I liked it. Um, I thought that this to me was what, I mean, it's another example of good Bad Batch, but I did think that they brought in elements of the silly Bad Batch that we get a lot. I thought that this was a very, a mix mm -hmm. of kind of what this series is, where we get these very, very serious moments with the, I don't know, with some of the episodes that we've gotten, like the Crosshairs episode a couple episodes ago, mm -hmm. and I think episode number three. And we're mixing it with some of the sillier stuff as well, which I think is totally fine. And it's moving the story along. I didn't feel like this was a dart off the main path at all. I mean, with only two more episodes left, which are next week, I wouldn't have expected. I wouldn't have a I would not have expected them to go stray too far off the main road, but I really liked it. I thought it was not, not my favorite episode of the season so far, but I do think that this is one of the episodes I would show to somebody and go like, yeah, like this is good, bad batch. This is what you're missing. If you're not watching this series. Yeah, I agree with that. I enjoy, this is probably the most balanced of the tone that we've had from bad batch. And I wish the show was this all the time personally because it's so well balanced and um normally it's just we've got one episode of this and then we get an episode of that and then we get an episode of this and i don't know if they've actually balanced the tone like this before like i didn't feel yeah i felt different watching this which is why i think i love it so much i was like ooh, they're doing this really well mm -hmm. and i'm not used to that so i also am really liking what they're doing with crosshairs i i was not a huge fan of he was just to me, especially in the first season, he was just, he was the, the moody, the edgy, the dark one. And like, that's all he, he was, that's all he kind of really was. Um, whereas I, I think that they are giving some layers to him, especially with the questioning of, wait, like, okay, maybe the Empire isn't the best of it all. And he's still like, not, I would say like, not a hundred percent on the good side of things, but he yeah. is, he is he still is holding up some morals when having to do with the bad batch, right? Like he's yeah. not giving them the girl. He's not giving them anything at all, but he also isn't 
directly, I guess, helping the Bad Batch. Otherwise, he would be back there with them. He would have never left in the first place. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And it's, it is giving these clones some layers where I do think that a lot of what comes down to what maybe I'm not a huge fan of with the Bad Batch is the Batch itself is just a bunch of archetypes that don't grow a ton and are very just like, this is the silly big one, and this is the smart one, and this is the leader, which usually, like, when it comes to, like, Ninja Turtles and stuff like that, like, I really like that kind of storytelling, but I like it when it grows, and those lines start to become blurred between them, and you start to see the layers, you start to peel them back, and you start to see the onion that, like, yeah, Raphael is the, he's the dark, edgy one, but you start to peel it back, and it's like, oh, no, like, he wants to be the leader, and he has imposter syndrome and stuff like this. And I don't think Bad Batch has done that a ton, but they are doing it with Crosshair, with a, which I really like. They are analyzing that he can be, I don't know, putting forth a story where he can be, I think, a little bit more than just the this brooding kind of like the edgy, cool one who wears the dark armor and like has the, has the face tattoo. And yeah. Hunter also has a face tattoo, though, so... He does, yes. I don't know if it's a tattoo or if it's just like war paint. I've always thought of it as just like war paint that he puts on every day. I mean, it never gets smudged, so I just thought it was ink, you know, perm perm ink. Permanent. That's a lot of ink to have on your face. I've never had a tattoo. Listen, they're based off the Maori. That would hurt. Like, oh yeah. I don't know how good that would feel. Klein, your first tattoo should be four teardrops beneath one eye. Four teardrops beneath one eye. I was Four. actually thinking your name and barbed wire on my lower back. Oh, did you know the new tramp stamp is up top now? So what do you mean up top? Like, are we talking like, between, like it, under boob? Like the sternum or? to under boob. Mm. Like, you know, mm. if you saw Thor's Mjolnir from the mythology, it's that yeah. exact shape, but around your boobs. Huh. Okay. Good to know. Well, I will have to rework some. I will have to rework some ideas. Thank you for listening, folks. Um, Yes. Courtesy of the Panama City license plate. (laughs) Let's finish up with the Bad Batch uh, episode Mm. fourteen. I think we're going to have a more broad discussion of the series next week when it ends or when season two ends. Be here. You're not going to be here. Who's it going to be? I hope someone else will join me. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a solo pod, and that's going to get really boring really fast. It, it could. Um, I yes. love it. I love listening to myself talk, but I don't think people want to hear me talk for 90 minutes all of myself. What did you think? How many bad matchers out of five are we giving tipping point? I will start. Okay. The Not the bidding. I'll say this to me is a four out of five episode. Wow. Unexpected. Yeah. I'm lower than you. I have like three and a half. That's I was thinking about like three it. and a half. Yeah. I'm not like Jack. I'm not going 3.685. Like I'm <laughs> I I take the I get half stars. It's like letterboxed, right? I get yeah. the half stars, I get the whole stars. I'm not going anywhere in between there. So yeah, I would maybe yeah. if if it is a four for me, it's a lower four. It would yeah. it would be like it would be 4. right 0. on the edge. Yeah. Four point like a three point nine. If we're talking tier list, you know, like how you do like the A, the B, the C, and the D tier stuff the kids do online. Yeah. It would be on like the low end. It would be on like the end of the four scale. Okay. But it's good. I liked it. I never understood how those worked. And I'm a bar graph guy, like, but it just I didn't know. Oh, I love bar graphs. Oh my god. Anyways, that is the bad batch. What a sh- I'm I'm actually hopeful that I can at least come on for that next week. Um for like 
just to talk about it because I've been I'm the bad batcher of the show, so like someone's got to wrap. You're this the shit bad up. batchiest of us all. <laughs> I like this one. Oh With that, we're gonna dive right on into the Rebel Report. News, 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 news. Clyde, that's I guess me. this is your yeah, segment. That's me again. <laughs> Jack isn't here, and he usually takes these reins, but I will do my best in his stead. Um, and we've got a very, very busy, busy week of news. So to start things off, the biggest story of the week, Thomas. Mm. Star Wars next movie suffers major setbacks and also hires a new writer. And I don't have this in the document, but breaking news earlier today, we might know when things are going to be officially announced. Um, Above the line revealed earlier this week that both Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson have left their upcoming Star Wars movie. Womp womp. Dear God, no! I know. With both both of them were initially set to write ahead of the film's 2025 release date. The pair reportedly gave a draft of the film to Disney and Lucasfilm in mid-February, but left the project only days after that happened. Then... Plot twist. As reported by Variety, the title of the first Star Wars movie since um, 2019's The Rise of Skywalker, as well as additional details, are expected to be announced at Star Wars Celebration in April. Since screenwriters Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson have left the project, reports now claim that Peaky Blinders' Stephen Knight will pen the film, which is still being directed by Miss Marvel's Shereem Obeyed Shinoi. Also to be mentioned today, Jeff Snyder on the Hot Mike podcast revealed that he has heard three Star Wars movies will be unveiled at Star Wars Celebration. So, Thomas, there's a lot to unpack here. The biggest, I guess, being the Lindelof leaving. I think Lindelof, for everyone on this podcast, you, me, David, Jack, any of the guests we've had on to talk about it. I can remember a long time ago talking with Savannah Sanders on mm. this topic a long time ago, I think a year ago, maybe about Lindelof. This to us felt like the one that had the best chance of being made. Obviously that is not the case, at least with Lindelof on the project. So I do want to get to a couple of questions and that can kind of set up the conversation here. Two questions coming from Twitter. One of which actually from Savannah Sanders, the first lady of the rebellion, she wrote, how is Lucasfilm going to handle all this movie drama at Star Wars Celebration? Will they still announce Lindelof's film, or are they going to fast-track something like the Mandalorian crossover event? Maybe that'll end up being a movie. Also, hmm. I want to bring up the Boardwalk Brothers, Zach, a.k.a. Triple Z 87 He says, at Star Wars Celebration, do we see Lucasfilm announce any new film projects? Yes, I think we are going to. Also, will the Taika Waititi film actually happen or is this the next one to depart? Because here's the thing with the Linda Love business, the Patty Jenkins business, the now the Kevin Feige movie being put on ice essentially is they have to get all their Marvel Studios ducks in a row right now. It feels like every Star Wars movie, like nothing good happens when it comes to Star Wars movies, at least in the last couple of years. Mm hmm. So I want to ask you first, going to Savannah's question and then yeah. ultimately Zach's question here. How are they going to address this? Because I feel like they have to. Do you think they will? Mm, At celebration, I particularly, think, I mean. Yeah, do I think they will. I don't think so. Like, So what in, do they do? Like in terms of the 
like the why they left type thing or no i do does david does damon lindelof's name get mentioned at star wars celebration ah okay in that case yeah i think it does i think they're gonna be like ah, do? Was, yeah because i i'm getting this feeling like they only signed on to like write a seek like give them the idea essentially like give we'll pay you for your idea and then from there we will tailor it to what we need then why are they bringing on another high caliber, another highly acclaimed writer in Stephen Knight? Because they're tailoring it. So they're so he's taking essentially a second pass at the story that this sings. I don't know yeah, about that see, because this I don't know, man. This I'm is so scary confused to me. by this. This broke yesterday, right? While I was at yoga and I just haven't had time to process any of this. So I'm just like, the fuck? Now, the second part of Savannah's question here, do you think that this movie, particularly the Lindelof, not, no longer Lindelof movie, the movie formerly known as the Lindelof movie, <laughs> do you think that they actually, this is one of these three movies that um, Jeff Snyder th has heard are going to be announced, or is it going to be different things? I think it's this one. Uh, you I think, think this is one of the three? I kind of do because I think they're so, I, again, I feel like they're so far along. Mid-February, right? That's when the draft That's was not, handed yeah. in and then they left. Why'd they leave? Was it just like, this is our draft, we're done. This is our draft, take it or leave it. This is our draft, thank you for joining the Republic. Like, I don't know. Uh, I get this weird feeling like they're just like, yeah, eh, this is what we have and that's it. Kind of like, I just get that weird feeling. And bringing in the Peaky Blinders guy, um, I got fucking no idea. I think they will announce it. I don't have a reason why. Just trusting the Force, and I do think they will mention the Mandalorian crossover event. So you think that those are two? Do you think the man? I guess the Mandalorian crossover event in your head then is a movie. I yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, do I want it to be? I kind of don't want it to be i can't i just like, want a star wars movie man like i don't I do care too. what it is if it's the mandalorian crossover event i want to go inside a theater and oh, i want to hear so star good. wars music come out of those speakers and i want to see big x-wing or so, like some recognizable object that makes oh me go god. oh my gosh that's star wars like that's that's all i want i love the disney plus stuff but it's mm. just it's a movie franchise to me and right now we haven't like it's Right now, it's yeah. by the end of this year, it'll be four years since we got our last one. By the time another movie comes out, because I thought the Lindelof thing was for sure 2025. Now I'm not 100% sure. By the time we see another one of these movies, it could be 2026, it could be 2027. And then you're almost, you're getting close to a decade without yeah. something without. And it's not like it's been sitting, it's not like the franchise is sitting dormant. It's just actively, things are not working. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the Mandalorian crossover event on a big screen, but I do 100% want it in the vein of like, like if we got four long episodes, like I'm talking like a three hour straight up, just straight three hours of the event. I'm in. Almost me, like a, give me four episodes, the, like Arrowverse, like Crisis on Infinite Earths, yes, thing where it like exactly. combined, it's like five episodes, four or like, five episodes, an hour long each. It's like a five hour thing. I don't actually know if the Crisis Star on Wars, Infinite Earths the event Siege thing was, of Mandalore, yeah. Part Nine. 
Now, uh, I want to ask you before we move on to the next news story here. Yes. Zach's question. Mm-hmm. Do, does this... Where's your head at for the Taika movie? Do you have faith? I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm I also am very, very scared. scared. I love Taika. Taika being... Like, I was super stoked on Lindelof because, like... I want drama Star Wars. I want a war movie, but I also want like a fun, you know, bad batch, but better movie. <laughs> oh my God. What if he's doing the bad batch? He's not. Come on. <laughs> he, do, he gets to work with fucking tight. Uh, I will Kimura bet you, Morrison. I will bet you any denomination of money, anything. I have one US quarter right here. Nice. Awesome. Line. I could buy a gumball with that. You fucking um, right. Um, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared alongside with you because right now it's everything seems so so up in the air, and it was it's funny because I feel like for the last probably six weeks, really since the year started, so more than six weeks, yeah, I felt like things were starting to cement a little bit. Like okay, like and they they, they the report came out of we're dumping the um the feige movie and we're moving this over here and the patty jenkins thing isn't happening anymore and it felt like okay they did that here are the things that are safe yeah and now i don't know nothing's safe klein Nothing nowhere safe. is it. safe in the galaxy far far away you can never run away from somehow palpatine returning um i'd like to move on but before we do shout out savannah the first lady of the rebellion and the boardwalk broker, Zach, who's the chief, the editor in chief of boardwalk times. Thank you for the questions. Uh, and, uh, I hope that you liked our answers and if not, well, shit, my bad. Uh, I blame Jack. <laughs> honestly, this is, a, this is a free service after all. So I guess <laughs> you get what you pay for On to the next story. I think something that both of us are going to be a little more positive about, yeah. um, as reported by one take news, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Sh- Shineart? Yeah, Daniel Shineart, the directing duo behind the Oscar-winning Everything Everywhere All at Once, are going to direct at least one episode of Skeleton Crew on Disney+. Plus. The initial report has since been corroborated by The Hollywood Reporter, with both THR and OTN writing that Lucasfilm has declined to comment on the subject. The news comes as Everything Everywhere All at Once won seven Academy Awards at the 19 or at the 95th Oscar ceremony, including Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Director. Thomas Carter Rochester who I think just about a year ago in Twitter chat said, or came out of a movie theater said everything everywhere all at once might be my favorite movie of all time. Are you going to be okay? The Daniels are doing something star Wars. Are you going to be all right? (laughs) Yup. Yup. Did I just become best friends with this news? You betcha. Am I going to do karate in the garage later? No, because I don't have a garage. That's a bummer. Klein, here's something that I thought about while watching the Oscars. They were talking. I don't remember. I wish I could remember the segment and pull up a clip. But they were like, this isn't supposed to happen. And we were just making stuff. And you pushed me to follow my dreams. And like we did. And I do believe at one point they mentioned something about. They didn't mention Star. They said something. And I was just like, are they filming a Star Wars project? It was just the energy I felt from what they were saying and what they were talking like at that moment and it's like yeah we got this we got this and this and this and like we have a lot of great things going on and and I'm just like 
Star Wars. They're going to be doing Star Wars. And here it is, Klein. They're doing some fucking Star they're Wars. They're doing an episode, at least an episode. We don't know. It's this? not like there's there's not like they're show running a project. Something that I will very very quickly say is the Daniels. A lot of people are doing the Chloe Zhao thing, where Chloe Zhao wins an Oscar, and everyone's oh. like, "Oh my god, she's going to do a Marvel movie," and she did Eternals. I don't know if I, I from what I can tell, the Daniels are not interested in. They like their original stories. I don't know if they're in, too interested in cashing in and doing something big and major IP right now. They turned down Loki to make everything everywhere all at once. What they were offered the, to to be a part of that directing crew, be a part of the showrunners, and they said no. They wanted to make everything everywhere all at once. So I have a feeling that they saw what Skeleton Crew was. Obviously, this deal was was um put in place long before they won the oscar uh they filmed apparently i guess last year this episode that they did um or episodes we don't know but i don't think this means that oh my god they're gonna direct a star wars movie next and ah it is it is very cool though that that like lucasfilm is going to be able to put on skeleton crew part like directed in part by Academy Award winners, the Daniels, which is very yeah. cool. That's amazing. I, that is right now. That's a huge pull a for those who are like, oh, wow, they won the Oscar. They're best directors like G like uh, they wrote the film. <laughs> they won the best picture. They won best director. All the cast was winning everything everywhere all at once. So I love the fact that they're coming in. And if there's a show that I had questions about, but now I totally kind of understand what it's going to be in terms of tone. It is skeleton crew because we've seen the green monster face, captain dickhead, captain swamp thing, uh, sea monster. Yeah. Yeah. Captain seaweed. And so like, I imagine that character and the Daniels tone working amazing. Like just beautiful. Well, what the Daniels do and really well. Kids. And what the Daniels do very, very well. And I encourage anyone who, has seen everything everywhere all at once or who hasn't seen everything everywhere all at once. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's, it's very good. Great. They did time. a movie before that called Swiss army man about a farting dead corpse. And it's very silly and very weird. But the thing that they do very well is taking these really, really making these really silly packages with really big ideas inside of them. Mm-hmm. And like everything everywhere, that's like, it's a movie where there's a dildo fight and hot dog fingers and they turn into rocks at one point but it has this really like tonally or not tonally but like it ultimately the crux of that movie comes down to really really human personal ideas mm-hmm. of not being able to control everything and the world being this just and the universe being just this collection of random occurrences and so i think that 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 thing that they do they can bring that to star wars star wars is ultimately a science fiction franchise so it is going to be fantastical and weird but they can bring this very human element to it and have some little nugget in there and have it really be that stranger things in space because that's why stranger things worked was it was this sci-fi fantastical story with these kids and this heart and this like tone like this weaving of family and themes throughout that like it is there's that nugget in the center that is coded by this 
I guess, science fiction candy coating. And I, I think that that's what the Daniels can bring to Star Wars. It's not going to get as weird as they have done before. I do think this will be very much diet Daniels, if we want to call it. <laughs> but um, I think it is very cool. And when I saw this news, I was like, I can't wait to hear what Thomas just, I could hear your heart going pitter patter, pitter patter, like just yeah. so excited. So pumped, dude. Like now I'm like, yeah, give me skeleton crew. Give me this episode specifically in my eyeballs because I want to see what they do with it. And before we hop off this topic, what I love is now if someone doesn't want to make a Star Wars movie, they can come in and direct a Star Wars episode. Yeah, do an episode and, and like that's see how you feel. Try world. it on for a bit, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, you know, I like this. And it's like, I don't want to be in charge of the whole thing. But like, I like this. Like, you know, we've got this. We've got that. We know what we got to do. This is our plot. Here we have to go. I've been told that TV with directing is plug and play. You come in, you make sure you get your shots and everything is really coming down to the crew and who's there every day. But directors change. And sometimes they'll bring in like, this episode is directed by like this guy. And he just shows up and he's like, oh yeah, let's do this. No, like try this emotion. It's all about playing with the actors. Usually it's the difference. So I'm excited. I can't wait. And um, I'm ready to talk about this next subject, sir. Video games. I'm happy Jack is not here because he would have nothing to say at all because he isn't the gamer. So he's gamers, a- dust off those cheater Cheeto fingers, pop yourself a Mountain Dew because uh, we got a new Jedi Fallen Order 2 trailer, Jedi Survivor. Uh, and it confirmed a pretty interesting little twist that we didn't 100% know before. A uh, new story trailer for Jedi Survi- Star Wars Jedi Survivor has landed, and it revealed one of the game's biggest twists. The Jedi that was seen in the back to tank in the original reveal trailer from about a year ago has been confirmed to having a High Republic connection. He's sporting the High Republic logo, on his golden robes right kind of in his chest area now more generally first thomas okay have you seen the trailer i have what did you think oh i'm very excited for this game and this trailer just the more they show i'm like yeah like i i i'm more and more excited to get back into this world and back in with these characters and bd1 looking at the camera smiling and greece is there and marin is there and like it's it's the whole crew um but what did you think klein i just finished the fucking book it's so oh, good yes and yes the trailer came lines? out um so no oh no that's a good one too um no, what's this it called is it's battle scars battle scars that's yeah. the one yep uh i'm literally bouncing in my chair because i am so excited i i'm trying to remember if i finished the it came out yesterday time of recording or what tuesday the trailer the trailer yeah Oh, two days ago. Two days ago? Yeah. That, I, I only had a couple hours left in the book, but I just hadn't had time to sit and listen to that. Uh, the trailer was like, I got to finish this fucking thing. Like, I know I know why that's that thing. I know why they look this way. I know why that's going on over here. Like, let's go, bitches. So I'm very excited. Um, sad face, though, because I don't you have, don't a, have a console. To pl- yeah, you don't have a console yeah, to play it on. I my got friend. nothing to play it on. So within a month, I have to find uh, however much a PS5 costs that much money in my budget and do that <laughs> because I do not want to miss this game. And once I get a PS5, I can do the star. Nope, that's not it. The Spider-Man stories and go that way. Uh, weird, like 30 second tangent. I heard that the new Spider Man game is Spider Verse related and inject maybe, that yeah, into my, maybe. Into my I'll September. 
I'll take a Spider-Verse DLC. Like, let's go. Uh, but Klein, what did you think of the trailer? I mean, it's, I, I can't wait to get into this game. There's so much, just so many little nuggets in this story trailer, and I'm I'm hooked. I mean, they they got me. I'm excited. From what I hear, uh, I was reading some previews of some people that have actually like gotten to play the game. They're, they haven't done a ton of press coverage for that, but there are some people who've played it. And they mm-hmm. said it's re- really good. Like it's they took this foundation that was laid with Fallen Order and have built upon it and refined and sanded down those rough edges and gone way bigger. Like just looking at everything, it's like this looks so different. I'm excited to. My, I don't know why one, but one of my favorite planets in Star Wars is Coruscant, and in the trailer they go yeah. to Coruscant, and it's just like. We're getting so much Coruscant content right now, and I'm just so happy. Coruscant um, revival. Yeah, but Thomas, you're the High Republic expert on this podcast. You've read yep. all the books. You've done all the things. What do you think about this twist? That this seems to be a Jedi who was maybe locked away for however many years and is now waking up and going, wait, you guys lost to what? Why would the Jedi lose? <laughs> Yeah, I am so effing excited about this. And here's the thing. I'm excited because I don't know if I know this character. As far as I know, I've yet to meet this guy. Um, And I am <clears throat> beyond. I think everybody has yet to meet this guy. I don't know if he's yeah. been in anything else. I haven't seen that going around at all. No, that's that's what I mean. Like, okay. I was being selfish and narcissistic by saying I. Like, I own the whole world of knowledge in Star Wars. But we have not met this character in any way, shape or form. There's a book coming out next month that I'm now going to be like, is this the guy? Is this the guy? Is this the guy? Every new Jedi I get introduced to, I'm going to be questioning. Um, But I'm very excited to see what this is. Also why I need to get this game. This is like the first high Republic content outside of a book or a comic book or an audio book, anything with a book in there, anything literary. Yes, yes. Anything with using my eyeballs and reading, I'm going to ignore the fact that I use captions so I can read what they say because I can't hear half the time. Uh, I'm I'm so pumped. I need to know more. I also now have like a great way to make one of these costumes. Like, I'm totally making a High Republic costume. Like Sick. I was like, I could be Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I could just be like... But this guy's got your hair. Yeah. Like He's yeah, got this you know. long kind of yeah. anime hair going on. And I'm and... pale as fuck, so let's make yeah, it work. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Now, very, very quickly, and then we will jump away from the news. I forgot mm-hmm. to put it in here because I literally wrote it like right before we came on here. Oh, have you heard the Mando rumor? Are we okay to do like a potential Mando spoilery rumor about cameos? Boba Fett? No. Boba Fett? Where? No, 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 no. Okay, if you don't want any Mando spoilers, skip like ten minutes ahead. Very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> Oh my god 10 minutes 10 minutes we're do we're not no not even 10 minutes like yeah just i was gonna say that's why i'm like what the hell like skip ahead that 15 yeah um today it was reported i wrote it up over on the director com you can go read it right now that mon mothma is going to be in one of the or it's going oh to be a part god. of the final four episodes of mando in some way whether that be all four episodes or one episode she's the quote-unquote luke skywalker level cameo that they've been teasing and then as a part of this rumor, it was also said that she's going to be like integral to Ahsoka. What do you sweet, think? Sweet, yeah, I, I was it. questioning yeah, that last good. week. I was questioning it last week. When they brought in fucking Umate from the High Republic, 
which you didn't mention on this episode last week, sir. I was very upset. I'm just kidding, man. I'm fucking with you. But I, I was like, wow, Umate. Oh, they can bring in Mon Mothma. Oh, shit. Why wouldn't they bring in Mon Mothma? Holy shit. And so I'm like, yeah. And it makes way more sense that she's like big parts of Ahsoka because Ahsoka at this point, well, not just Ahsoka, but like Harrison Dula, high level general of the Republic. Well, and we don't think about that. What this report said, it's from Making Star Wars is the initial report. They had heard that Ahsoka is going to be at least in part about the grip of power kind of slipping away from Mon Mothma and the new Republic sort of falling into what it becomes in the sequel trilogy or what it is when we get to the sequel trilogy where Mm. there's really no plan to move forward. Like it's kind of, it's kind of in shambles. And okay. And so I think we're going to get, um, more Andorian, I guess, storytelling in Ahsoka, where it will be very much the Ahsoka side of things, looking for Ezra, doing this. The name Thrawn was mentioned in this report, so we know he's coming. Um, and a night yeah. sister, which was also very interesting. Marin? Marin? No. Is it Marin? Marin? No. Is it Marin? Not Marin. It was Damn someone it. else. Ah, boo. Uh, but yeah, I think it's cool. I'm excited to see Genevieve O'Reilly in this era of Star Wars because she hasn't been. We haven't seen her as like a. We haven't seen Mon since Return of the Jedi. Mm-mm, we haven't. That's what I'm very excited about. She will be the Supreme Chancellor exactly. of the Republic, the New Republic. Uh, I, that makes me question, sir. Do you think this is going to build to? a princess leia i'll say reference not so much a show up yeah i don't I, think we i don't think you i don't know if you could do i i could see billy lord of some i could see her daughter but in the estate saying you know what sure for this one thing and if i'm not mistaken her daughter referenced her in that in rogue one if i'm not mistaken because that was before the last jedi officially came out so yeah, Star Wars. I don't know if I could see it. It'd be very cool. They've teased that there's some big cameos in Mando, and it seems crazy that we're halfway through the series now, and we don't really 100% know where we're going, but there's apparently big stuff coming. Anyways, the Rebel Report is brought to you by all of the wonderful news sites of the world that we gather our news from. And I want to say, because Jack Pews would roll over in his grave, because yes, he is dead. If we didn't cite or say or mention to cite your sources, please, whatever you do in whatever you're doing, give credit where credit is due. The people who make the work that you read, watch, report upon, they spend a lot of time doing it. So please make sure you cite your sources and head on over to the direct.com where a lot of these stories came from, which I actually wrote a couple of these stories, which is a little weird reading my like writing out loud. But Cite your sources, direct.com, friends and family. So much fun. And with that, we're going to take a very brief ad break. But on the other side, we're going to talk Mando. You're listening to Reckless Rebellion. This resistance. Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Beth Ann. And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. 
Each episode, we talk about an artist and their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs! And we are back, hopping right on into our second, this time it's actually going to be intro to flagship topic, because we, we forgot to do that earlier, but we're doing it live, so who cares? Uh, chapter 20, The Foundling, uh, season three, episode four, halfway through, we have officially gotten to a, a two in front of these chapters. I remember getting to 10 was like, wow, and now we're at. 20 and it's like oh you want to know what i noticed when i turned on disney plus and i looked and it's episode four chapter 20 and i was like <laughs> 420 nice oh my god <laughs> Klein, you're so right you're so right that's <laughs> that's where my head was when i that's that's the maturity Ooh. level here on this side of the canadian and <laughs> the canadian american border but yeah uh, yeah it must be legal very good very the- good what is that your thought no i'm just i don't know 420 got you got you i was like oh that's a very short general thought give us your general thoughts on this episode what did you think i I, i'm so excited to hear what you have to say oh man i don't know i'm very the more that this episode sits with me the more i i'm conflicted about it i will say oh i really liked it okay like this is really good star wars it's a lot of fun i think a lot of people would agree that this is like some of the best this season of mando has been but i think as an episode itself i loved it i think it was fantastic it featured really really cool flashbacks with um that that will get into i guess it featured a returning star wars actor that like actually made me cry when i realized what was going on um but i have i think where my issues come down don't have nothing to do with the episode itself but i think have more to do with the season as a whole at this point we're halfway through and i don't know where we're going and I would have liked by this point to have known at least a little bit of what were, what's the point. Um, but I maybe they'll fix me. Like, but not by next week, I'll be convinced. Like, I, I I do not want it to be lost. I I love this episode. I think it's fantastic. I think that there are so many great little moments here. Um, but I have some questions. What are they gonna do with those? Weird pterodactyls. That's <laughs> 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 my biggest, biggest question. That's your biggest um, question. That's the biggest yeah, one. That is, that's definitely, definitely the biggest one. I have a theory, actually, I'd forgotten about until now that I do want to bring up a little bit later. But yeah, I don't know. What did you think? I feel like way, very wayward. And you asked me a question, and the <laughs> podcasters, there are people listening, were probably like, can this guy just shut up? Like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel very silly. I, loved it i had fun i've watched this This three times i will say that this was 
this is what Star Wars can be on the fun side of things. It, like this to me felt very, it's amazing how original trilogy Mando feels. It's mm-hmm. just, it is fun. It is rip rollicking. It is an adventure, which I think that's like very much like what John Favreau specifically is going for. Yeah, I agree with that. And you, uh, how do I get there without spoilers? You mentioned everything that uh, I wanted to say off the top, that the, the flashback, the cameo, the action, like the action alone. This might be in my head. This is the most action packed episode per minute. Right. Not not just like yeah, oh. very short episode. Like, I feel like we were very worried. Was did Jack and I talk about last week or yes, were we just talking did. about it in our in the group chat where we're mentioning 33 minutes? Mm-hmm. It's That's less than 33, lean. if I'm not mistaken. It, I think it counted out at 31. Oh, yeah, my... because of the because of credits and stuff. Yeah. And oh, Bad with... Batch, I think this week was 30. Yeah, Bad Batch was definitely longer just on the screen. Uh, when I when I loaded them up, I watched Bad Batch after two takes of The Mandalorian or maybe sandwiched in between yesterday. Um, the action alone is what put the, puts this up a little bit more. I understand where you're coming from on the narrative of the season. I'm there too, but I'm having enough fun along the journey that I'm not so much worried about that destination right now. But the last two, the end of the last two weeks has like led to questions. And now I'm deep in the questions. Now I've got more questions. Uh, like just when I thought I was out of like, I think I might know what happened. They pull me back in with, you have no fucking clue what's going on, kid. And I'm very excited about that. I can't really dive further into that. That mindset. Let's tear the wall down. Let's yeah. pull the bandaid off. The spoiler barrier is about to, to tear down that wall, you know? Absolutely. That, that the, I forget the famous phrase. It's yes, it Berlin was. Wall. Tear down this wall. Exactly. Um, but here in the spoiler section, one does not speak unless one knows. So be wary if you do not knows. We start. I, I I have four main beats of this episode written. It's technically three beats. It's like super one short thing. It's very three acts play situation going on here. We start out on the mystery Mando planet, a.k.a. Jurassic Mandalore, as the Mando covered is training and learning. It's really fun to watch them shooting and wasting ammo. That's all I could keep thinking about. Just shooting into the water for no reason at all. Fucking sure. Why not? Can I ask you, were they shooting? Like, were were there things like were they shooting at stuff that was getting thrown in the air or were they just shooting out into the just to shoot? (sighs) I thought they were just shooting out to shoot, and the only thing I saw flying in the air, I thought was either a person on a jetpack or a jetpack missile. I thought it was a jetpack missile. It did seem very silly. All of it, I was like, oh, cool. They're training and all of this. Like, <laughs> that's neat. And then there's just these two guys just like, I lost it. Uh, what a 5 a.m. wake up call. Just be like, why are they shooting in the water? Uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what a waste of ammo that is. Uh, Mando says that Grogu needs to start training with the other foundlings. Ragnar Vizsla is the founding we met at the beginning of this season, and he chooses darts and his contest with Grogu. You get three rounds. Whoever has the most points wins. Sure, great, whatever, fine, it'll happen. Ragnar, though, starts, I wanted to put talking shit, but I think he's at genuinely inquiring here why Grogu doesn't wear a helmet. Mando's like, you know, too, he's too young to speak the creed, therefore too young to wear a helmet. That's an important line. Therefore, too young to fight. 
and that's what he says. And then that's when we get one does not speak unless one knows the truth. Anyways, uh, that's where we get the line right then and there. Actually, they start in Ragnar, then Ragnar. Do you hear that? Ragnar? Ragnar, quick draws, two shots in two rounds, then gives Grogu the okay uh, to show them what he can do and gives him really like a lift of encouragement here. He flips over Ragnar and back and then lands three direct hits to the chest to win the round, uh, to win the whole thing because Ragnar shot at him and he does the flips. It's fine. Ragnar gets a little mopey. He walks to the water. And if this kid doesn't have the worst fucking luck, I don't know who does. Because a dragoon comes down, scoops him on up, and flies away. They follow it to their to the to the nest. But if it weren't for Bo-Katan being intelligent and flying with her ship, they would have never found out where it was because those idiots ran out of fuel on their jetpacks. A war party is assembled to retrieve the foundling, and they will climb the mountain. Bum bum. That's our cold fucking open, bro. It's yeah, like a nine-minute cold open. It's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to mention all of this episode has. I think a lot of just like great, like memeable Grogu stuff. <laughs> but I will never, ever tire of seeing that dumb little puppet get thrown into the air because <laughs> <laughs> it looks so. It's so funny because you look back at Return of the Jedi and you see Luke do the flip in the air and it yeah. just looks like it's him jumping and then it cuts and it's something in the air flipping and then it's him landing. And that technology has not get, gotten, I guess, any better in the Star Wars universe <laughs> um, when it comes to VFX. They're literally just throwing this puppet into the sky and it is hilarious, but I love it so much. Uh, it's I, I loved this. The whole Mando like little league dad energy here of like no go play like you're, you're gonna do good like you do it and grogu looking at him like dad i'm i don't want to be here right now uh, <laughs> it's i loved it i love this this whole sequence and getting the i mean you knew when they put the little that dumb little dart thing on his wrist that oh that God. he was gonna win but oh yeah this kid thinks he's schooling him he's oh he's why, why like not even a contest um this whole this this is just it's fun table setting and and fun right like you this mm -hmm. that's a word that's gonna get thrown around a lot here with this episode but this is just fun like this is just living in the star wars world you're mm -hmm. not moving along some crazy massive narrative quite yet it's it is literally just like let's just be with these characters for a while right yeah you know klein you i was trying to figure out what it is i love about what we've done this week what we did last week and I guess what we did the week before, but a little bit to a less degree in episode two, we are living with these characters. Like we are yeah, finally living with, with them. them. And after Andor specifically, I'm here for it. That's what I love. Like when we're watching Miss Marvel, we're we're living with them. We're living with that family a lot. Although although I would say Miss Marvel has a a little bit broader you're living with them, but it is also moving along yeah. this like huge time travel story and stuff like that. Whereas this is you were like this whole sequence, you are literally just like, Hey, let's, let's play darts. Like let's right, just let's chill. Play darts. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, do you have anything else from this topic? Cause I have, I've got a, uh, there's a theory that I heard today, and I cannot wait to break your brain. Yeah, sure. Bring it. Break, break my brain, because I'll try and break your brain later. All right. So 
my question, we, we always talk about Grogu, but now I want to flip it around the challenge. Mm. Who's Ragnar's mom? Because there's a difference. With, I don't like, know. They call, they call him the foundling. Weird Ragnar point. Okay, very quickly. <laughs> but who is Ragnar's mom? We'll get to that. Who is Ragnar's dad, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's Paz Vizsla. Yes. Kid gets swooped up by dragon. Paz Vizsla goes, oh no, one of the, one of the, um, what are they called? The foundling? Not hatchlings. Foundlings. Oh no, one of the foundlings. No concern. What's like, no, if my son was just swooped up by a giant pterodactyl dragon, I feel like I would have a little bit more panic in my voice, but he's very much like, oh no, one of the, one of the foundlings. And then it is later revealed that that is his son. Just very interesting. I, have, I just I want to know what that family dynamic is like. Is he trying to get this kid taken away? Because I don't know. No. It's it doesn't okay. seem like it. I I was that is something that I had too. I was just about to mention. He's like the foundling, the foundling, the foundling. When he gets like his little helmet in episode one, they cut to. Paz Vizsla like looking on and it's like a weird it's just proud energy just shooting at him so I'm like ah oh, that's probably Paz Vizsla's child there or at least foundling and now he's like that's my son I'm not you know I don't know if they do that often it's like that's my son my foundling son or like you know he got it on with somebody so who is Ragnar's mom Sarah Palpatine from Curiosity Killed the Cat questions is it the armorer because, because they're always seen together. They have always never, together. They have never not been seen apart. Sometimes, most of the time, together alone. Like, most of the time yeah. when we come to them, it is just the two of them. Just the It gets lonely. Maybe it's not a serious Thank thing. You. Maybe it was a one-time, like, hey, let's... As we said, just like the Daniels taking on a Star Wars directing project, right? Like, let's just try it on. It turned into a kid. It Maybe it wasn't anything serious. Maybe, like, it doesn't seem like they are still together anyway but it was just like a like we're bored we don't have a covert right now like mm-hmm. let's you know procreate let's, let's make let's a make covert. our own yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that, that is that is something that popped into my head and that would be an amazing like addition to all these layers that are going on considering we've got like auntie bokatan with grogu and daddy dinjarin like I like that she calls like she calls Din Grogu's father to Grogu. Like yeah, she oh like and like will relate like oh my dad was like that too. Yeah, like it's just very He's like just proud of you. It's not just us who sees the Pedro Pascal daddy energy. Like Bo-Katan yeah. in universe sees it. Yes, and that's where I'm like I need them to like dive into that a little bit more. I need Mando to either decide to or not to call him his son. Like you know. He hasn't gotten there yet, but I think at a certain point we might. Uh, but yeah, that's that was Not kind of that my big Pedro Pascal heart, just like Bella Ramsey did. I mean, have you seen that cute little green baby puppet guy? It's adorable. <laughs> How could you not? From here, Grogu gets summoned to the forge as the armorer begins giving lessons. Yes. <laughs> that's probably what those notes say. I'm so dyslexic that I almost said it right and was like, wait, that's two different words with the space. Oh, you got to love it. Grogu gets summoned to the forge as the armorer begins giving lessons. The forge 
uh, shapes steel, and as it happens, it, the Mandalorian shaped themselves. We all start out as raw ore. We were fine. We refine ourselves through trials and adversities. The forge can also reveal weaknesses. She starts hammering the best guy. Bang, bang, bang. Suddenly, it's Order 66. Before that, though, very quickly, we get the closest close-up of Grogu that we've gotten so far, and I love every goddamn second of it. <laughs> it, it punches in, and he's looking so sad. Mm. But I'm just like, oh, my God, my little green boy. I love you so much. <laughs> Order 66. We see the shot from the trailer as all the Jedi are like at the door. Sadly, I was wrong. It was not a lightsaber coming through. Rip to my cool ideas. Hire me. Uh, and all those Jedi die. Super awesome. They get him to the elevator to meet Kelleran. They keep saying, as this is happening, I am get like, him to get him I'm to Kelleran. I'm like, I know this name. Why do I know this name? As the doors open, it is revealed to be the sabered hand himself, Kelleran Beck, portrayed by. Ahmed Best, better known, infamously known, as portraying Jar Jar Binks in the prequels. Kelleran was created for the Jedi Temple Trials YouTube series on the Star Wars Kids channel, which I believe ran 10 episodes or maybe 20. It's it's yeah, one of them. On YouTube. On YouTube. And it's pretty fun, actually. It's really fun to watch. It's basically, what was that 90s Nickelodeon show? Yes. Legends of the Hidden, Hidden Temple. Temple. Yeah, it's exactly like that. But, but with Star Wars. Star Wars. So, pause. The rest of it can come. Klein, how did you react when you saw Ahmed Best pop up on screen? Well... I, for one, I didn't know the little Star Wars Temple Trial detail until later. And I saw some people who I follow on Twitter who had worked on that series and were saying, like, our series is in the cat. Like, we like we did it. Um, but this is so cool. Like, the... I was trying to explain what it means, I think, as a, as a Star Wars fan and, and what it must mean to him being put into this place because we've pondered on this podcast, who's going to save Grogu? How did he get out? Oh, Mace Windu. It's mate. Is it, is it Obi-Wan? Is it Yoda? Like, who's it going to be? Is and it we're Jar -Jar? like, is it, is it Jar Jar? And I think I joked that it was Jar Jar once. You did. Which if I did find the tape, because <laughs> I need that. Um, I need that for Twitter right now. But like, it was, it was him. Like it it was Ahmed Best. It I will like what was Keller and Beck, but it was Ahmed Best that saved Grogu. And that is written in ink now. That is canon. And for what it must mean to him coming from the vitriol and the hate and being on the edge of suicide and being a part of this franchise that he, I don't know what he thought getting into it, but he must have thought getting into Star Wars, this is it. This is how I make it. And it was, it was quote unquote, his downfall. And he got so much, he had, he went through so much darkness simply because he was in the prequels. And the fact that he is now accepted one, 
by the fan base and I think has been for the last few years. I think it was oh three or four years ago where he was at celebration and got up on stage and people freaked out people cheered for him and i think that may have been a bit of a turning point for him but to see him back on screen wielding a lightsaber like i as a fan am like this is so cool say what you will about the prequel say what you will about jar jar i think that it is so cool that he's getting this moment and i cannot imagine what he is feeling. This is fucking awesome. I'm it totally, is. I'm totally not crying right now. Uh, dude, I... It it opens up and I'm like, oh my god, that's all my best. Oh my god, it's the dude from Jedi Temple. Oh my god. He's, he's doing it. He's getting the greatest comeback of all time. Like, sorry, Hayden. Move over. Like, this is the greatest comeback in every way because he's Charger Binks. In fact, I don't remember what his character name is when he makes his cameo in episode two, but now that could be retroactively Kelleran Beck on like a Jedi secret mission uh, to Uncharted Space. I had to do it. And I really, I just, I was in shock. And then he starts just fucking wielding lightsabers so clean so smooth very that's all very him apparently him. too oh yeah you can tell it's all him like apparently like, he's like crazy. a like crazy like martial artist and oh, like all of I this i was that. yeah i was listening to a podcast um yesterday and they were talking about just mando reaction shout out the kind of funny podcast uh and kind of funny screencast but they were talking about one of the people on that sh- on that show Anthony Carboni was one of the producers behind the Star Wars show online and um, Jedi Temple Trials. Mm. He was saying that Ama Best is like this crazy like martial artist and is fluent in a whole bunch of different languages and like is just this like renaissance man essentially. And so that was all him like doing the flips and wielding the lightsabers and stuff like that. Like that was him. Oh my God. He was doing his own stunts like yeah. to the flipping. Oh my God. That is Klein man, I just stopped crying. Fuck. Like the dude, so awesome. the dude got his Star Wars moment, right? And he's probably. And he, the I coolest. don't think, I don't think he ever thought he would get. Jump back, not even to when the when Episode One came out. Jump back to let's say 2005. Episode Three is done. It's over. He probably thought that I never want to go through. I never want to go through that again. Yeah. And. I don't know what the future holds for me. And he probably thought of Star Wars as a negative experience in his life. And I, and and it was largely. Yeah. Oh, it was. It isn't anymore. Yeah. And that makes me that's what makes me so happy on my rewatch. I as soon as those he gets in the elevator, Grogu, I just started crying. I was like, it's happening, man. Like and I just he's such a good fucking story alone. And then it's what so happens? Meta. Like I, oh, yeah. I, like it is. They know exactly what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it is not an like in universe. It's like okay, Keller and Beck saved him. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. like Keller and Beck trained the younglings in this game show that we saw. But it's just it is the it's all the all the outside context that comes with that that makes it mean even more. It is just like it's it's wild. Like I I I can't believe that they did it. Yeah. I, I'm I feel the same way and I think the cherry on top of it all is spoiler alert 
he does survive, which we're about to get to. And not only that, but we might get to see more of him in the future. A, B, he could still be alive, like right now, just as an old man. C, whether or not that happens, it, we've been slowly getting flashbacks of Grogu's story. And I'm starting to get the feeling we're going to continue seeing those flashbacks as he starts to open himself up to this new family of his, this new foundling family that he's about to, you know, become the Mandalorian. And and I really love the idea that we might get to see more Ahmed best. I hope he's that, a celebration and I hope oh people go nuts. Like, I just like that he's the biggest celebrity there. Yeah, dude, I'm like... I, I, I don't have words. Let me put it like that. I am so excited for him. I'm so excited for Star Wars fans who don't just shit on people, right? I mean, I can't say I've never like shit on the fact that Dominic Monaghan has been in Rise of Skywalker, nor have I. Can I say I've never blamed J.J. Abrams? But at the end of the day, I don't wish people death. I've never wanted someone to die. There are people out here that sent actual hate mail and like go kill yourself and death threats to him. Because of their hurt, and they tried to hurt him, and it did hurt him. And now he's on the other side. He's found the light. He's found redemption, and he has found Grogu and saved him. And the way it happens, I'm going to tell you now. He tells him it's going to be all right, kid. And then he slays some of that 501st with just fucking Ahmed bestness. This is the best, if I'm being honest. And they hop on a speeder, and we get an electric fucking chase scene, falling engine, uh, a failing engine, excuse me, through Coruscant. Uh, they have a good old-fashioned chicken fight with a train. We pass Umade again. Then they land on a platform where a Nubian ship is waiting for him. The exact same ship, right, Klein, as episode one. As, as Amadellas, yeah. That he was also on. Like, not only that, but he's, got a, he's got a Jar Jar reunion. Like, he's like, oh, I'm on the ship again. Like, this is so cool. It's like, it's like Dave Filoni and John Favreau were like, hey, man, you remember when you were in Star Wars and it's and you, you thought it'd be great and then you found out it sucked? Let's put you in the same place. Dave Filoni you know really is awesome. the, like, I'm going to fix everything of Star Wars, right? He is. <laughs> He's like, oh, like, you got hurt? No, come, I'm waiting for... I don't... I, I know what I'm about to say. If you know the story, it's crazy. I'm waiting for Jake Lloyd to get clean so he can come back to Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But I wouldn't the, it, like in, in a yeah. world. Yeah. Like I would not, I wouldn't put it past. It, there would be some circum, some things that would have to happen to get there, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. But like, hopefully one day he can get his redemption in star Wars as well. Um, the security force of the Naboo are on there and boy, do, am I about to go down a rabbit hole with that clones land. The Jedi's hop on the ship and dip and the guards stay behind the fight. The clones Kelleran and Grogu enter hyperspace. And we're back in the forge and Grogu, I'm ending this here essentially, Grogu gets a little Beskar rondel on his chest. We have two questions coming forward. And I'm very excited. Uh, I lied. One question and an answer because apparently Jack's been in our chat today. Klein, thoughts of this sequence, A, and then B, are there still questions remaining for you? My biggest takeaway from this sequence is uh, I it, it's fun. I liked the the um what's it? It's gonna be all right, kid. I, I I really liked his delivery on the lines that he gave here. Um, my biggest takeaway though is that gives me some answers, 
but now I feel like I have more questions where I'm like, are, where do we go? Where do we go from here? Like, how are we done with Ahmed Beth? Like, are we, are we going to get another flashback at some point of, I'm just, that's the thing about this is I wanted to know how we got out of there, but now I want to know everything else. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's exactly, that's where I'm at, which brings me, sir, to my theory. I, I, I teased it earlier in our chat. Who is Grogu's mom? Right. Okay. I, I have, this is where my theory is talking about. Why did the, okay. I feel is yours having to do with like, why Grogu? Mm-mm. Everything there, all these Jedi, we need to get them out of here. We need to get them out of here. Why him? Why him? Why him? So can I throw a theory at you very quickly? Yeah. And then I'll go into my uh, far less intelligent theory. Okay. Why him? Why Grogu? Why this? Why that? Again, shout out to the kind of funny screencast. Shout out to their producer, Barrett Courtney over there. He said on their podcast this week, and it kind of broke my brain. What if Grogu doesn't have a mom? What if Grogu is a clone of Yoda? And the reason that the Empire would be so interested in getting him is they know how to make clones but they don't know how to make clones of force sensitive people. And so he is, he is the key. He is how did they want him so they can figure out how the heck did they do this to ultimately get somehow Palpy returned. Like, I don't know if how real that could possibly be, but it's very like it, it did break my brain a little bit thinking about it. I'm like, what, what if he's Yoda's clone? Okay. I shout out Matt Rimke. You're going to be brought up in a second. He also had like the same mention on the direct podcast. Here's where I land on it. Oh my God. I forgot Nick Nolte's character name. Him. The Ugnot. That guy. Yep. That guy mentioned, you know, he's not a clone. He's far too ugly and not perfect for that. But we've seen Boba Fett was a clone, a perfect genetic replicant, aged, aged well, got damaged. He now looks worse than people he's older than, or he's younger than, excuse me. So by that logic, Grogu could be a clone of Yoda, a direct clone. And from there, it just, you know, he's going to age. Yaddle was about half the age of Yoda. Yoda is half the age of Yaddle. I mean, excuse no. me, Grogu. Grogu half would be about Yaddle. would be about four hundred years younger than Yaddle. Yeah, I'm wondering because we know nothing of this species. We've only seen three ever. No, are they like There's, super force sensitive? Like, are they super well, something? Well, the force I, flows through them even better than anyone else. Well, I'm what I'm asking is. Perhaps they are hatched, like Pelimato oh, mentioned. They're oh, so they're grown. So or like eggs. Yeah, like eggs. Like oh, I laid an egg and it is born. Right. Yo, uh, Yoda might have hatched Yaddle. 
Yoda I don't, might like, be the, I don't like the idea of an egg coming out of you. <laughs> I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest with you. Well, the reason I say this is like, this is kind of going against the clone thing. Like this is another alternative yeah. idea, but you know, I'm really intrigued. I think at the end of the day, they might be the last of their species. I like, I think that is very important. A B because they know it's Yoda's species and how long they live. If they can get it and perhaps turn it to the dark side. Right, it would like be in, helpful. Like in uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed, you fought a little Sith Yoda at one point. That was the scariest fight of all time. By the way. That was so <laughs> bad. Um, but if not, if you can't convert it, because it's you know it's going to take forever for it to gr- uh, get old, right? You can still replicate yourself like Palpatine wants, and if they can learn how to do that. Because he's talking like, oh, his midichlorian count's too low. We need a better sample. We need this. We need that to make that happen. I think that's why they're going that way. Why do the Jedi know that is the thing that I'm confused about. If they know that. Or is it just, you know, last of the species. It's a baby. It can't protect itself. Like, we're just being Jedi. Light, light, light. That's where my mind kind of went. Uh, um, and while you brought this topic up. But who is Grogu's mom? So we know Din Djarin is his dad. The actress Natalie Portman. We've, we, have, we, have conf- we have confirmed. I don't think you're that far off, sir. They go on a Nubian ship. They do. And who has been on that ship, I ask you, except Natalie for- Portman. Yes. But it is also the same ship that Sabe the handmaiden was on do you remember Knightley? yeah i think kira knightley who at this moment in the story queen right no she's not queen no she's she's working for padme on um maybe tattooing trying to free slaves that's what she's doing at this point in time then she finds out padme died she goes to find out answers doesn't get really any answers then is introduced, I believe, to Princess Leia at a later point, if I'm not mistaken. And is like, oh, oh. And they might she might have been told the information because of how close she was. Saving children, saving a slave, slave saving a Jedi is exactly what she would do. I think we might be getting Kira Knightley, bro. In a flashback. As Sabe, handmaiden to Amadala. Elizabeth Turner. Yeah. Pirates like, of the Caribbean. <laughs> I'm glad you knew her name because it was slipping out of my mind. I went through all the K's that I could remember and I forgot double K. So that's where that's where my theory goes. What do you think? I mean, yeah, sure. I, it, at this point, your guess is as good as anyone's. And you, you bring up some like it it could make a lot of sense also there's like there's so many other options it could go like is are we gonna i don't know jimmy schmitz is he gonna come into this is did grogu and leia ever cross paths like i i like i as i said i have so many more questions coming out of this and i want to know and i think we'll get answers maybe not right away but sooner rather than later like i i do think that this is something that they're going to dive into even further um because i i think we'll have a pretty good idea probably 
not by the end of this season because there's only four weeks left. I do think we'll get more info by the end of this season, but probably by the end of next season, we'll we'll have a pretty good idea of almost right up until like Mando met Grogu. I'm sure there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be lots of jumps in time, but I think a lot of that time will be just Grogu hanging out in his egg with whomever, whether it be Kira Knightley, Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi, who knows. I'd love it to be Kira Knightley if I'm if I'm being honest. And you know who I'd love it to be even more? The rest of the handmaidens. L- Seriously, listen to the Padme books. They're so fucking good. You want to cry? You're gonna fucking cry. Question from the bounty hunter himself, Matt Rimke. Uh, and I quote: We all wanted Baby Yoda in a Mando suit. Now that it's becoming a reality, are we sure we want that? We'll end it with Jack's answer. That's in the notes. What do you think, Klein? Do you want a Grogu Mando? I don't because I don't want to cover up his cute, just fucking cute little face. Like, I'm sorry. Also, how would the ears work? <laughs> like, would Can they you? tie it back? Would they tie him back? And like, he would just put it on over top. Oh, my would God. He have a little, little slots in He's the helmet for his ears to stick out. Yeah. Uh, I don't. He's, yeah. You don't cover up the moneymaker, man. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? That chain mail. I, I could see him wearing a chain mail cap soon no you don't put in it no you don't you know like <laughs> as i it, said you don't cut co- you don't cover up the money maker well it's not his face it's just like the top of Even, his head no oh, he looks like a little knight he's a little knight with a little dark saber you don't want to see that um i'll answer i don't want that i'm in the same boat as you i think what he has now is perfect he's got the effing force he doesn't need the mask like and while we're here that might lead to Din Djarin leaving the covert. Actually, I think it most definitely. I think it does lead to Din Djarin leaving the covert. I think pretty quickly we're gonna Din's gonna go. You know, maybe I don't need to wear this bucket on my head all the time. We'll see. Jack's answer is: There were some rumors slash spoilers that came out about this topic a year ago. No specific spoilers here, of course. But all I will say is. If the rumors are true, it's not what you're thinking it's going to be. So that's exciting. Which is I don't why, know what that is referring to. And that is very interesting to me. <laughs> that's a very jack-jack move right there. I because know. we that want cryptic I little ca- bugger. I want to ask. I want to be like, all right, give me like a, a hint. That's why I'm like, I can see the little chainmail cap. Like, that's not what I was expecting when I think of a Mando helmet. But at the same time, like, it's perfect. You can make ears out of that. I mean, it's not going to help considering that like everyone's going to know who he is. But um, that ends that. Shout out Matt Rimke. Thanks, Jack, for throwing in that information that I didn't know. Back to the war party. They park and they finish the journey on foot. They camp throughout the night. And Bo-Katan asks, how does one eat when people are around? Mando says, you don't. You get your food. You go off to a secluded place where you can take your helmet off. Duh, idiot. Uh, it's actually... Uh, Bo-Katan, excuse me, goes to get up and Paz Vizsla says that actually because she's the leader of the war party, she gets the benefit of staying by the fire. She takes her helmet off, I'm assuming for the first time in a long time, and she's not looking super uh, mentally well right now, which is fair. Uh, The next day, they get to the nest and see a heat signature is in it. And Paz Vizsla runs right on in headfirst. To discover the heat source is actually Baby Dragoon. 
spoons. And the mama pops up and spits out Ragnar to feed to the babies. Paz flies into the mouth, and then Ragnar gets dropped, picked up by the Talons. Father and son, they go on a great flight together across the the Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Mandalore, excuse me. Um, free expense, by the way. Like, no one, they didn't have to pay luggage fees. None of it. They, their armor saves them from, I don't know, teeth and talons. The Mando's jetpack after it. It's another electric chase scene. We got two of them in this episode, and technically three, and it's just fucking bonkers. Bo Katan frees Paz from the mouth of the beast. Mando frees the child and catches him really dope like out of the sky. That was pretty awesome. The dragon falls down and never forget there's always a bigger fish as the creature from the premiere Jurassic World's this some bitch by yanking him out, uh, breaching out of the water and yanking him down to eat it. Super dope. Didn't know I needed that. Back on land, Bo-Katan has done the highest honor of the creed by saving a foundling. Bo says this is the way and then reveals they brought three baby dragoons as foundlings to be trained. She needs a pauldron repair, but first, Klein, I want to talk about the dope action. And then I want to talk about that line of the highest honor and what Bo-Katan has done so far since she's gotten there. She is, uh, well, she's really impressing the covert, I guess. Like we've talked a little bit about the theories of where the season is going and stuff like that. And I do think that, I don't know if she's buying into what they do, but she's definitely having them buy into her. Uh, and she got to lead the war party. And so she's, she's going to get a little upgrade pretty quick. Like she's getting in the good graces of these people. And eventually down the line, when someone's got to ride a mythosaur and these little pterodactyl motherfuckers also get ridden, she'll be there leading the crew. I'm sure as for the action sequence, this is just, it's more fun Mando action. Like I don't really have a ton to say about it. It's not, super i wouldn't call it groundbreaking in any way but it is just rip roaring rollicking fun okay yeah that's fair i love the action i really enjoy chase scenes and i love jetpacks so fucking much dude the fact Weird that, that like, they run out of like i've never thought of that really that i run out of fuel yeah i don't know i just never really it never worried me in the world of star wars until they fizzled out earlier in the episode I, oh i guess they can run out wasn't that something that happened in Rebels? I can't remember. But I definitely have always wondered, like, do they have like they don't have unlimited fuel, just like they don't have unlimited ammo, so it's got to be out. Now that question has been answered. I, on the Bo-Katan thing, I'm right there with you. I think she's ingraining herself into this and making them buy into her. So she can as she against Din. As she's figuring out whatever the crap she's trying to figure out. But... I really think that uh, the the beauty of this episode is that both Grogu and Bo-Katan proved themselves to the covert with their actions. That is something I really dig uh, that we're doing here. It's like, why would why would they like Bo-Katan? Well, she does that. Why would they like Grogu? Well, he does that. And it's not just like, oh, I was told I can do this stuff, right? It's straight up showing it winning winning a battle that you're not supposed to win winning a battle against somebody you're smaller than right that's kind of what they did in this episode and i really dug it i really dug that david versus goliath feel that grogu had with ragnar and then the mandos had with 
the dragon, the dragoon, excuse me. So really exciting about that. But Bo-Katan does need a new pauldron. And she asks if it can be emblazoned with the mythosaur as uh, as her intentions, excuse me, become even less clear. She tells the armorer she saw a mythosaur. The armorer thinks it's a vision. Bo-Katan says it was real beneath the living waters of Mandalore. The armorer says, and I quote, when you choose to walk in the way of the Mandalore, you will see many things. Bo insists it's real, and the episode literally ends with the armorer saying, this is the way. Klein, why is the armorer being so cagey? Is she the opposite of Drax in that she only speaks a metaphor, or is she hiding something important? I don't know. Ah, hmm, hiding something important. Um... I don't know if she's hiding something important as much as she's doing the almost something very religious leader of it all of I'm leading you to your own answer, right? Okay. I'm yeah. not giving you the answer. I'm just giving you the tools to find that answer. If that means anything, you can find whatever meaning you want in the words that I'm giving you. And that is kind of where I'm at. And that's why she's being cagey. I don't know if she's necessarily being cagey as much as she's being like stoic or like, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give you the carrot, but I'll teach you how to grow one. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, okay. I, because she has living waters of Mandalore on her, like all the time. How? How can she have that much water on her? She's been there. She's time? seen it, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's pet. been there. I don't know. I don't know if she knows about the Mand uh, the the Mythosaur, but Mythosaur. like, if she's gone to Mandalore and talked, you know, went and got the living waters, right? But then tells people it's you shouldn't go there. It's this. It's that. It's this. Why? For why? I just don't get that. Like that is cagey. That's that's hiding something important. And what what she's got on her, those living waters, versus what she does, is just confusing the crap out of me. It's very confounding. Um, I am starting to lean towards Bo-Katan becoming the villain of this season. I or just. <laughs> I, I say villain. We have four episodes villain. left, man. Like, <laughs> I don't it, know. Hey, man, all it because we're and I mean that in the sense that like we're here for Grogu and and Din Djarin. All it's going to take for her, and this is genuinely where I think it's going. We've seen why they're like they're so different with the saber. They might come to. She might challenge. We saw it today. We saw a uh, multiple challenges. That's all it takes. She has to accrue good faith. And then challenge for it. And when she wins, she's leading with the Darksaber, with it all. I think that's where we're going. And that's why I said she's the villain. And I, I should have said in quotations, just halfway antagonist. The what is it? What is it called? The the bait and switch? Like, oh, it's looking like she's gonna be the antagonist, but really it's like, no, it's just for this moment, they go against each other, and that goes there. And then we move on to whatever Moff Gideon is doing and the sea monster face. And, and I'm going to say here and now, eventually we are going back to Navarro. It's in the trailer. I'm sorry for ruining this for you. 
Just go watch the trailer, and you'll see a pirate fall down. Babu freaks like, <laughs> and Amando shoots him in the face to get him down there. So Mando's are going to go save everyone on Navarro from the pirates. That's going to set up Skeleton Crew. Mon Mothma is going to be there. Jimmy Smits is going to be there. Ahmed Best is still alive. He's just going to be an old man doing flips uh, and slicing people in half. But Nathan Johnson, and we're going to wrap two questions together because they're very similar. Uh, Nathan Johnson says, because uh, we're, we're now halfway through Mandalorian Season 3 and have only really gotten character-driven episodes what is this season of the Mandalorian building toward? Great I don't question. know. <laughs> That's my <Yeah>. issue. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. I think we're in the Iron Man 2 era of, of Mandalorian right now, if I'm being that honest. Oh, Except like a, this a, is a, a better Mandalorian story. Mandalorian as, as a franchise sort of thing? Yes. Okay. I think I think we are... You, this, this eight episodes is like... So, like I uh, okay, I used to argue with David about this on Mandal, uh, and you someone argue else. with you and David opposing mm-hmm. points. I know, weird. Uh, we used to go back and forth. He's like, There's nothing happening, like it's world building, it's setting up, it's planting seeds to pay off later on. They did a lot of that in season one, which then paid off a little bit in season two. Then they planted a couple things in season two that's now starting to pay off in season three. They're now planting stuff right now that's going to pay off. Possibly at the end of this season, because last season you, you they planted so many seeds and most of them got paid off by the end of the season. I think everything we've seen so far is building towards the Bo-Katan, Din Djarin clash. Then, as you see how it works in the covert, whoever wins and whoever is the mightiest wins, and they're in, like they will have the respect. So if Din Djarin loses, he's either going to leave and be like Nah, fam, or he's going to stay and be like. This is the way. So I think that's what we're building towards in the next two episodes. I think we get that. Moff Gideon has been mentioned as getting out of war crimes. We don't think, know. It's all a cover up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mind flyer. I think that's what we're really building towards is some kind of. I don't even think he's going to be there that much this season, if I'm being honest. But I think that's kind of where we're getting towards as well. Um. And then again, I mentioned the Navarro thing. That might be, that might be a mission. At the end of it, Din Djarin just keeps fucking up, and Bo's like, "I challenge you for the dark saber," because now she knows what he's capable of. Right? She's seen him in action, and we've seen the difference between them when it comes to fighting in general. So I'm really excited about that. From our favorite nurse, Rach D, she says, and I quote. So considering we'd heard that Bo was being set up to be the antagonist of this season, uh, this is awkward. We just answered this question, but I'm going to finish reading it. Do we think the rest of the season will be her gathering up the courage to try to challenge Dan and become the Mandalore? Yeah. I think it's earlier. You think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're so good. I, I was like, yeah, we're going to cover. I'm going to get both of these questions out. And you just started talking and I was like, well, we're going to answer it anyway. <laughs> um, I'm intrigued by this question. This is Beth Ann Tarpley, our good friend from She Will Rock You podcast. Do you think the side quest in Chapter 20 pulled away too much from the story or was a welcome addition to adding to the post-Episode 6 world lore? What are we talking about? Like, the side quest of this dragon, I guess? Is that... I think that's what she's talking quest? about, yeah. I, Beth Ann and anyone listening, I think that this is just what... 
this is just what most of the Mandalorian is going to be. I think that John Favreau sees this as way more of a procedural where it is a, a, a cowboy and his young little cub, I guess, and they're going to go and it's going to be a problem of the week and they're going to go and they're going to fix it, which has its, I mean, which with season one, I was really into. I loved yep. that 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 episodic nature of it all, and I I just don't know if if this I'm so like at a loss for words. <laughs> like yeah, it's such a complicated place that they find themselves in because they're trying to balance this Dave Filoni universe building leading to a thing. Um, epic Star Wars saga kind of storytelling and this John Favreau, I just want to make a cool Star Wars Western. Um, <laughs> and I think that's a very, very hard recipe and a very, very hard chemical balance to stay at equilibrium of because you go too far one way and people are going to go like, well, they're setting all this, they're setting way too much up and they're never going to get to it. And you go too far the other way and it's like, they're not doing anything at all. And it's just these little monster of the week sort of things. I think that this episode was actually a pretty decent mix of them. I just have no idea where we're going. So I am, I am a little stuck and feeling like, I don't know. I I'm feeling stagnant. I'm feeling in a rut. Uh, we, we talked about it after the first episode of this series where it's like, okay, our first episode of season three, this is a table setting episode. And then episode two came. Okay. This is another table setting episode. And then number three came in. Okay. There's, more table setting happening and then this episode oh, oh and yep the table was not quite set uh it's so it's i don't know when food's gonna start appearing on that table uh we have all sorts of cutlery and all sorts of dishware but no food yet uh, and i'm waiting for it i think we got our glass of water at this we point. got a water maybe a soup i will say maybe we got like that first appetizer, like some i don't know some nice italian wedding soup came by and we're just sipping on that broth and hanging out and finding, Oh, look a meatball. But Ooh, I don't, I'm waiting wow. for, I'm waiting for that T-bone steak to like yeah. to slam down in front of me. Yes. I, I love, I love everything you just said. Cause I, I kind of agree. Like I love the episode and I'm, that's why I think I'm higher on this season than a lot of people is I'm just here for the journey at this point. I'm just happy. Well, you're the, the thing is, is like, it's so hard because we love Star Wars so much. And yeah. so it's so hard to sit there and not just go like I'm on a like I'm on a theme park ride, right? Like it's just I am here and things are happening in front of me and I love it. Uh but it, when you do when you do think about it a little deeper and like take try and go in that what do they call it from 15,000 feet or whatever and look down mm -hmm. it it does get a little like oh like there are holes here and I, I would like them filled, please. Like, I don't know if this is as a satisfying an experience as when I'm watching it, I'm just like, Oh my God, that's all my best. Like I'm freaking out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and what I really, what I really think is I'm, I'm pulling out. And when I pull out, I'm like, I'm more intrigued by these holes. Like I'm like, Ooh, what's that? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Like I'm, I'm trying to weave together the narrative and you know, me always looking fourth dimensionally looking through time. I want to see 
I'm trying to predict where things go. That's what I do. I'm great at trying to predict where things go. You're great at trying to predict. That's <laughs> a, I'm great at just throwing stuff out there. Oh, I'm, I'm great at getting that. any of it right. But if I'm I, getting, I'll hey, throw it to the wind. I've been right about a lot of shit. Go back and watch Thor Watches the Mandalorian season one and two on the Life of Thor YouTube channel. I was right about a fuck ton of shit that took forever to get to and set up in in you know, plant. I've said shit on this podcast that just bam, bam, bam turned out to be really accurate. Not right. I wouldn't even say I'm right 50% of the times, but when I hit, I hit well. Having said that, I, uh, I, I, I like what they did again. It is table setting, but I'm having fun along the journey and I'm, 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 growing with these characters which is something i don't think we've got the chance to do and i think that is very important for what we're about to do next we're halfway through the season dave filoni helped write this episode and you can kind of fucking feel it like not just the ahmed best the prequel shit like just the, the dra- oh, drone wars the end yeah like we're gonna go oh. we're gonna go fight a dragon Fuck yeah. Oh, we're going to have Grogu just like school some kids because he's got the force and they don't know how to spell that. Fuck yeah. Why not? Like I said, this is a Bad Batch episode. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but this is like a Bad Batch episode to me. It's got a great balance of fun. It's got some action. It's just right to the point. Next week, uh, excuse me, Dave Filoni writes his next episode he writes on, excuse me, is chapter seven of this season. So we've got now three weeks until that episode drops three weeks from today we'll be talking about that episode that is another big pivotal episode it's the penultimate finale uh, the penultimate episode of the season it's also going to be directed by rick famiyue as well as the finale so i'm i'm starting to look ahead i think five or six I think next episode might be the navarro thing we get the challenge at the end of the episode chapter six is the challenge Oh my God, by the way, chapter six, the challenge. That's a fucking, that's a, that's a Mando episode name. I'm going to call it one of these episodes <laughs> is, is going to be called the challenge officially put it on the books. If you want me to get specific, I'm going to say chapter six. I might be wrong. Um, and then I think, I mean, chapter seven might be going to Mandalore and writing, trying to ride the mythosaur and shit not happening. And then, you know, Ahsoka shows up. I don't fucking know, but Klein, is there anything else that you no. have from this episode? I think, I think we've juiced the Mando Orange for yet another week. Yet another week. Thank you to everyone that submitted questions. Uh, and thank you to Noe Ruiz, who sent just a lovely note to us after reading his question last week. Uh, he's just such a guy. He, I get I get DMs from him every like every week about Mando, and I'm like, this is this is it. I love this. He's also a Cowboys fan, so we commiserate about that. Oh, my condolences. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like that. You can always ask us questions on our Twitter at Reckless Rebels, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S. And hopefully you're heading on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to leave us a review. You can ask us a question there, leave some comments. Offer recommendations. We love interacting and hearing from you. If you leave five stars and you offer a recommendation, there's a strong chance that it's going to pop up in an episode. Oh, speaking of Noah Reese, I did not see this in in the uh, the notes. 
What he said was, I just owe you guys a thank you for answering my question on last week's pod. Decline felt, thanks for nailing my difficult name to say. And Jack Pews definitely gave Scream 3 and 4 a watch. Uh, watch, it's, it's, it's an awesome franchise. Apparently, I can't read today. Um, again, shout out Noah Reese, Beth Ann Tarpley, Nathan Johnson, Rach D, Matt Rimke, and Savannah. Savannah Sanders. Sanders. There's there was another one up there. Billy. Yes, the Boardwalk Broker himself, Zach from Zach, Boardwalk Times. I'm so sorry, Zach. Oh my God, what a dick, bro. <laughs> I don't know where you got. But you're the one looking like Billy from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers right now, bro. Oh my God, you should cosplay Billy from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <gasps> Speaking of that, oh. Speaking of that, I'm just going to say my recommendation right now is yeah, it's not it. until April 19th. It's that Power Rangers, once a ranger, always a ranger. The trailer, Klein, dude, they showed uh, Ty, Tre- uh, I, can, I can never pronounce her name. The actress that played Trini in the original Power Rangers, she died in 96 in a car accident. So they, when you see that, they, it looks like they killed the Yellow Ranger. So she's been on, uh, been alive in canon this long. Uh, and then they have this tribute to her in the episode. And when I saw that, I started bawling because that is so beautiful. It was, this is just, and it was yesterday. It was just a big, beautiful day of honoring people in, in franchises that they had major impacts on. And I, I loved it. Uh, Klein, where can everyone find you on social media? I can find me at the Klein Felt everywhere. T H E K L E I N F E L T. Um, I also host a video game podcast called Controller Club. We just got off the Last of Us bandwagon, or not off the Last of Us bandwagon. We we're very much firmly on the Last of Us bandwagon still, but we just got off a train of reviewing every episode of HBO's The Last of Us. So if you're catching up on that series, head on over to Controller Club, give it a listen. We did had some great breakdowns episode by episode over there. Uh, Controller Club spelt like you would. I don't know, think to spell it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TC Rochester Act, T C R O C H E S T E R A C T. I should probably spell it slower, but fuck it. That is me. I highly recommend following me on Instagram. I will be going to MegaCon on Wednesday. I'm going to wake up, watch Mando. Maybe I'll make some notes for y'all. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe I'll record a bad bat for you for you guys. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then I'm driving to Orlando and I'll be there until Monday working MegaCon Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. I will be posting as much as I remember to on stories and um, hopefully like real posts, but we'll see. Just follow me over there. Enjoy a good time. I will be posting a metric F ton of Star Wars and Marvel cosplays that I find because they're awesome. And Klein, I already said my recommendation. What's yours? Oh, we're watching Better Call Saul over here. And <gasps> boy, howdy, it is a fucking great TV show. <laughs> <laughs> How far are you? Um, we are about halfway through season three. So Gus is very much in play, which is awesome. Jimmy just lost his... He's been suspended um, from practicing law for a year. And I think, yeah, that's as far as we've gotten. So, okay. Yeah. Intrigue, intrigue. I believe I made it through the end of season three. Okay. 
if I'm not mistaken. And then it's I'm so moved. good. And it the thing, like, good. I love Breaking Bad, and so I never watched Better Call Saul because I thought nothing could live up to Breaking Bad. And this, it's amazing that it just feels like I have new Breaking Bad to watch that I that I've had never seen before. And so I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is this like this is just breaking bad season whatever like this is just a follow a, a direct <laughs> follow-up and it's the same level of quality it's blowing me away i love it so much uh yeah so it's very good also, i'm excited the john wick franchise guys oh my mm. god what a oh my god i can't wait for john wick four i've literally not watched anything but star wars in the oh last week. dude have you watched have you seen john wick before thomas i've good. seen the first I mean, I've seen all of them until okay. Tomorrow. You've seen the first three, okay? Good. Yeah. So, uh, with that, we're gonna wrap this episode up. Sentience and droids. Remember, the Force is your ally, and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee!